Thursday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That must mean it's time for After Hours Live with Chuck Bowser, RCDD technician. So remember, submit your questions. Submit your questions on TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever. I already got a good one on TikTok. I'm going to get to you. I'm going to get to you, the Slayer. I'm going to answer that, but I got some questions first. Got some questions first. How's everybody doing tonight? How's everybody doing tonight? So first things first, you know we start every Thursday night after hours live stream with what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Again, Chuck is drinking. This time it's ginger ale. Sugarless ginger ale. So Zevia. So there you go. What are you drinking tonight? Let me know in the chat box. Are you drinking an adult beverage? Moonshine. Angry Sparky's in the house. Angry. <coughs> if it was moonshine, this show would be way more entertaining, my friend. Way more entertaining. So yeah, don't tell forget, don't forget to tell us what are you drinking. Also on the screen right now, boom. You see the QR code actually right there. It's backwards on the screen. <coughs> Excuse me. Click on that QR code. Buy me a cup of coffee. If you buy me a cup of coffee, I will send you a complete set of podcast stickers, which includes the, the, the show sticker, knowledge is power sticker, and then the knowledge is power with the fiber optic cables coming out of the brain. So I will send you those if you buy me a cup of coffee. You can also schedule 15 minutes with me to ask me your technical questions on copper and fiber cabling after hours, of course. So make sure you do that as well. So there you go. I'll leave that QR code up for just a tiny bit longer. Now you know the next step after that is the acronym challenge. The acronym challenge. You know we do this every weekend. You know, acronyms are a thing in our industry. They really are. So today's acronym is NRTL. Angry Sparky, what is that? You should know being an electrician. What does NRTL mean? I'll give you a few seconds here to figure that out. While you do that, well, I can't do that because I play, I'll get kicked off because it's copyrighted music. What does NRTL stand for? Oh, by the way, I got to say my usual message for acronyms. Help control the acronym population, please. Please don't forget to spay or neuter your acronym. We have enough already. So NRTL, anybody want to take a guess? Let's take a look in the chat box. And uh, Michael got it. Michael, make sure you email me your address for a complete set of stickers because he said it's Nationally Recognized Testing Laboratory, NRTL, Nationally Recognized Testing Laboratory. So what that means is people like Intertech and UL, they will certify products and make sure that they meet the NFPA standards, and then that way it becomes a listed product, listed product. Oops, turn off that screen there. Sorry about that. Oh, I see Mr. Shotzi is in the house. Hello, Shotzi. So, oh, and Michael is also drinking Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. There you go. So, not really totally legal. Hmm. I don't know what's not really. Oh, yeah, gotcha. That's funny. I like that. Not really totally legal. That's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. So, now let's go on to the motivational minute. The Motivational Minute. So today's Motivational Minute comes from George Patton. George Patton. 
And George Patton said, do everything that you ask of those you command. Do everything you ask of those you command. I live that. I would never ask my technicians to do something that I wasn't ready to do myself. As a matter of fact, a lot of times I was the first one to do it. If I asked them to get up on a ladder rack or something or cable tray, I mean, I would be the first one to do it. If I had, if I had to go crawling in, in uh, space underneath the floor, I would be the first one to do it. And then when I come out, I was like, now it's your turn. A good leader is going to be able to do that. Good leader is going to be able to do that. Also, now let's talk about the uh, the podcast. Last Monday night, did you catch the show? We talked to Gary Bebo from OptiView Armor Logics, and we talked about outdoor enclosures, PVC, fiberglass, and aluminum, right? Aluminum. We talked about how to heat them, how to cool them, how to mount them, right? So that's what we talked about last Monday. Next Monday, the podcast, we're going to talk about DAS systems, D-A-S, right? So make sure you pay attention and you watch that podcast. That'll be pretty, pretty cool stuff. So let's go ahead and get on with the first question. I want to cover the first question from TikTok. All right, so let me scroll back up on there. And I'm only answering questions that have to do with communications. Okay, I'm not, somebody asked me some Christian neo-Nazi something. I'm not answering that. Don't care. We're talking about communications. So the Slayer on TikTok wants to know, would you rather have a technical college degree or certifications? Would you rather have a technical certification or certification? See, a lot of people don't know this about me. I have both. I have both. I have certification. I am an RCDD. I'm a Bixie technician. I'm also a former certified uh, Bixie trainer, but I also have two undergrad degrees and a master's degree. I just don't talk about them that much. And now when I sit back and I look at my career, right, when I look at my career and I compare all those, right, honestly, it kind of depends on what job it is that you want to do, right? If you want a job that's going to be more field-related, like a technician, an installer, installing cabling, installing network equipment, I see you're doing your network administration, a certification I think would probably be easier, not necessarily easier, but better because it won't, it won't cost you as much and you get the certification and you can make as much money as somebody with a college degree, right? Now, if you're going to strictly just to business management, then my, 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 my opinion changes a little bit. I really think that you'd be better off with with a, with a college degree because those upper levels in management, they really put more value on those than they do the certification. Well, so, so if you're going to be in the field, certifications are a way to go, I think. And you can make as much money, if not more. So I really, really like that question. Tom the Slayer. Ed, the old tech guy's in the house. Thank you, tech, for uh, sending me those roses. Now let's go to the next question. So this one is from Sulzberg10 from Instagram. And he wants to know, will benzene data wiring, like Cat5e and 6, slow data transmission? Kind of depends. Kind of depends on the size of the bend, right? Your number one job as you're installing cable is to keep a cable from keeping it kinked, crushed, burnt, stepped on, run over by other trades. You want to keep it as pristine as possible because they construct the cables 
with the pairs have certain twists and for those pairs to be inside the cable at certain distances away from each other. So if you start doing things, like you start making, now you can't make a bend with a cable, but don't exceed the minimum bend radius. Don't exceed the minimum bend radius. Now, what is the minimum bend radius? Now, there's a couple different ways that you can do bend radius, but let's talk about the ones that are mo the most common one. So for balanced twisted pair cabling, the minimum bend radius is, for four pair cable, it's four times the outside diameter of the cable. Four times the outside diameter of the cable for four pair balanced twisted pair cabling. For backbone cabling, it's going to be 10. Copper backbone cabling, it's going to be 10. Optical fiber up to four strands when it's laying in the, with no stress on it, one inch. If it's up to four strands and it's being pulled, then you need to keep it to a minimum of two inches. Intra-building backbone, meaning between buildings, while you're pulling it 10 times the diameter. When uh, Intra means within the building, I'm sorry. Intra-building uh, 10 times while you're pulling it. When it's at rest, just laying in there, you can actually have a smaller bend radius. So when you're pulling it, it's fit. Oh, I got that backwards. When you're pulling intra building inside the building, it's 15. When it's at rest, then it's 10. Sorry. My brain's thinking one thing. My mouth is saying something else. It happens sometimes. Now, here's one a lot of people don't know. Interbuilding, meaning going between buildings, it's minimum of 20 times outside diameter. Coax, flexible coax, six times outside diameter, and also semi-rigid coax, two times the outside diameter. So how do you really figure this out? So let's say I've got a 25 pair cable, 25 pair category three balanced twisted pair cable. And I want to know what is my bend range. Well, remember it's 10 times the outside diameter. So if my bend, if my cable outside dimension is 0.334 of an inch, 0.334 of an inch, then my bend radius, minimum bend radius for that cable is 3.3 inches. 3.3 inches. That's how you apply that rule. The next question comes from Ahmad, Ahmad E, and he sent this to me via LinkedIn. Oh, you know what? I didn't put the captions on there. Sorry about that. Uh, so the next question is from Ahmad, and he wants to know. Uh, this thing's all messed up tonight. Can you please tell the difference between a surface mount box and a MUTOA and the installation restrictions? What is the difference between a surface mount box and a MUTOA and the installation? Well, a surface mount box comes in a wide variety of number of ports. You can buy one with a single port, two ports, four ports, six ports, and even some even larger than that. Now, if it's being used to go to the telecom outlet, TO, it's only going to serve one work area, one work area. That one work area, though, should have a minimum of two cables, right? 5E for voice or 5E above for data or optionally two strands of fiber. Now, when you talk about a MUTOA, a MUTOA can be a service mount box, a faceplate, a patch panel, or some other type of a device that has a lot of ports. And it serves multiple users. That's the biggest difference. A service mount box. It's only servicing just one user, it's just a service mount box. But if it's a service mount box with lots of ports to support multiple people, then it's a MUTOA, right? Now, you asked for some installation tips. Here's some installation tips for MUTOAs. Number one, limit the MUTOA to serve no more than 12 
work areas, 12 work areas. Because we're allowed to run two cables for every work area. So two times 12 is 24, right? So if you got a piece of furniture that's going to have more than 12 work areas, then that's going to be a big piece of your furniture. Consider running two Mutoas and have them coming from opposite directions, okay? Also, make sure that that Mutoa is at least 50 feet away from the horizontal cross connect. That's because of return laws. It's got to be far enough away that when that reflected signal comes back, it doesn't mess with the transmitter. Also, when you're mounting that Mutoa, mount it on permanent building structure. Permanent building structure. Okay? That means a wall, a column. Um, it can even be the first piece of furniture if that first piece of furniture is permanently bolted to the wall. Oh, by the way, if you want to come on the show, here's the link for it right there. Right, right there. Ding, 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 ding. There it is, right there. I will accept somebody coming on the show tonight if you have some questions. Going back to his question, so make sure you also don't, when you place that Mutoa, that you put it somewhere where it's not going to be obstructed. If you're mounting on the wall, make sure you don't put it somewhere where they're going to put a file cabinet in front of it. If you're mounting it in the floor, make sure they don't put a piece of furniture over top of it, okay? Make sure it doesn't get blocked. And another thing with me tell is you got to pay attention to labeling, labeling, right? Because you got a lot of ports going into, going into that device. So now what that means is you're going to have to label it. Now, the Mutoas, when you talk about Mutoas, remember your maximum your maximum patch cord lengths are 5 meters or 16 feet for a single patch cord, or 10 meters or 33 feet, or 32 and change, right, uh, for um, all patch cords combined. But you are allowed to have a longer patch cord if it's going to a Mutoa, because sometimes you need longer patch cords. So you want to make sure that you label this correctly, the Mutoa. The first label you want to put on it is, what is the what is the um, the maximum length of patch cord that that Mutoa can serve? Okay. And, and because for that reason for that is because there's a chart in the Telecom Distribution Methods Manual, Telecom Distribution Methods Manual, that tells us what is the maximum length of patch cords for different lengths of permanent lengths for Mutoas. So, for example, for a permanent length that's 295 feet or 90 meters for my for my European friends, the maximum single length patch cord is five meters or 16 feet. But if you're paying attention and you 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 have a shorter run because you rerouted it and now it's only 230 feet long, well, now you can have a 72 foot patch cord because the signal coming out of that 230 foot cable will be stronger than the one that came out of that 295 because it didn't have to travel that extra distance. Okay, so you are allowed to have longer patch cords. So that's why you want to put that label on that faceplate, which says what is the maximum length patch cord for that Mutoa. Now think about this: you got the Mutoa mounted on the permanent building structure. Now you're running the patch cords through the furniture, and you're gonna plug them directly into the telephone, directly into the computer. Well, if you try to identify that patch cord, that's going to be a bit difficult because it's running through you know, behind the kick plates or maybe the belt line channel. So put two labels on each patch cord, one on each end. The label on the patch cord that's going to plug into the Mutoa, make sure that you put that label that says what work surface it goes to. 
And then when the patch cord comes to the work surface, that label should tell you which port on the MUTOA that it goes to. Right. And that will help you with those. Next question. This one comes from Chris. Chris sent this to me via email. Chris says, if I install a sleeve from the ceiling through the ceiling tile to bring my cables to a rack, do I have to fire stop that? Typically, no. The majority of the time, no. That's not considered an architectural assembly. When you An architectural assembly is something that's designed to stop fire from spreading as fast. Ceiling tiles aren't really considered architectural barriers most of the time. So, But I understand what you're doing because many installers will actually put a piece of conduit through the ceiling just to make the job look a little neater. A lot of technicians will also use fire stop systems for that, right? So if you're using a fire stop system for that, number one, keep make sure that um, when you put it in that you secure it to the wall so it doesn't come off. And I also recommend that even though it's not a fire stop, you seal that because that's going to keep heat, odors, and rodents coming from the ceiling down into the actual floor space itself. Hello, Anthony. How you doing, my friend? Good to see you here. So I do suggest that you do that. Next question. This one comes from Jackson. Jackson on TikTok. And he says, I started a new job and brought my hard hat from my previous job. My new company says that I have to replace my old one because it's too old. Why? Oh, you're going to want to pay attention to this one, Anthony. Well, let's talk about this. First off, the hard hat, it replaces one of the most critical things that you have. Your brain, right? So hard hats are rated for the type of work that you're doing. They're rated for um, getting a blow to your head, falling debris. Oh, I got a funny story about falling debris. My brother one time had a hammer fall off a ladder and hit him on the head, and he was not wearing his hard hat. And also it's to protect you from electrical shock. Now, in your hard hat, it should fit you securely, so enough that if it, so it doesn't fall off your head, most of the time, unless you're doing something stupid, and it should not block your vision. Some people like to have chin straps with the hard hats. I've never been a big fan of the chin straps, but if you do have one with chin straps, then you need to make sure that that chin snap, the chin strap will break off easily. So that way, if you happen to fall and your hard hat catches something, it doesn't rip your head off or break your neck. You sh this is where you want to pay attention, Anthony. You want to inspect your hard hat regularly. You want to look for things like cracking, scratches, and weakness of the, the internal suspension of, of the hat. Do not paint. Do not put stickers on your hard hat because they could cover the defects. Also, a lot of people don't know that some of the adhesives for the stickers could actually weaken your hard hat. Now, if the sticker has some type of moil of moil, some type of foil to it, or some type of metal that might even mitigate the electrical protection. So never put stickers on your hard hats. You hear me, Anthony? Never paint your hard hats. Okay. And also, generally, if you if you have a hard hat that hasn't been dropped a million times and has all kinds of stuff, they can last. They recommend they get replaced about every five years. Every five years. Right. So Anthony says, but there are safety stickers for the GC. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's kind of funny that the safety guy is giving you that sticker because you, there could be a potential defect behind that sticker, so you would think. The reason they do that is because they want to be able to tell 
if everybody on the job site has gone through the safety program, right? And stickers are cheap as opposed to printing off a badge and making everybody wear badges. The next question, this one comes from Julio on Facebook. Julio wants to know, what is dispersion and how it relates to fiber optic cabling? What is dispersion and how does it relate to fiber optic cabling? Dispersion is when the mode, now the mode is just the, the light going down the fiber, when the, when the mode widens and it spreads out as it travels going down the length of the fiber. Now the danger is if that mode widens too much, it could actually overlap and the receiver won't, won't be able to tell one pulse from another pulse. And when that happens, then you start getting errors because the receiver is not able to re read the pulse, which are your bits. And then next thing you know, your bit error rate starts going up and you start having problems with your network. Now, this is different from uh, modal dispersion. Modal dispersion is typically found in multi-mode fiber when you have multiple modes of light going down the fiber all at the same time. Now, they're all going down the fiber at the same time, but they're taking slightly different paths. One might be going down the center. The other one might be bouncing. So they're actually, even though they're taking multiple paths, one is actually taking a longer path. So modal dispersion is the, is when those, those modes of light all get there at different times and start getting what's called a flattening of the bit, a flattening of the bit. Okay, next question. This one's from Gabe. Gabe says, do you have do any recommendations for video, recommendations for videos on copper or fiber cabling? Now, my question here is, are you looking for finished products of videos to, to compare? Or are you looking for instructional videos? Now, if you're looking for finished product videos, go to Instagram, go to TikTok, go to Facebook. There's lots of many good examples. There's also some examples of bad work too. If you're just doing that, check out for fiber, check out Shutsky or the Fiber Cartel. For the copper, check out All Green Lights, Sean Rep, Sprinter IT. They're all those are all great installers. Okay. If you want to see how it's done. Now, if you're looking for instructional videos, I don't know of any instructional videos off the top of my head. Now I know if you know, and audience members, if you know where there's a video that uh what's his name again? Video that Gabe can go to. To, watch, to look how to install stuff, let me know in the chat box somewhere, right? Now, I know Bixi used to have a, a video on VHS tape, which is how old it is, that you could watch. Um, I don't think they sell that anymore, right? But here's the, here's the thing. Whatever source you decide to use, make sure you evaluate where that resource is coming from, right? Because, Number one, is it coming from a trade organization? Is it coming from a large installation company? Well, then that might be a little bit more, a little better, right? Um, there is tons of bad stuff out there. There's people out there saying, look, this is how you do it. And I look and I cringe. I don't even, I don't even, some people take that, go into the, the chat box and say, oh man, this looks horrible. I don't even do that. I don't, I just don't, right? So just make sure that you evaluate those resources, right? Because they're good ones and they're bad ones. Let's go back. Let's look at some of the, the chat questions. And here, let me see what we've got here. Michael says, always remember to size pulleys at the bends according to the bend rate as well. Very good, Michael. Yes. I was just reading that, actually. I was on uh, I was on um, Gernard's tool webpage, and they were actually talking about sizing the, the thing. Because so, you don't want to use too small of a pulley 
that could cause damage to your fiber cable. So great point. Great point. Uh, let me see who was this here. So, 73 Hertz says, or use zone enclosures. Zone enclosures. Zone enclosures, I think you really mean zone distribution areas, ZDAs. Um, they're really for data centers. Now, here's well, here's the thing. Let me let me let me say this: 73 Hertz. Everybody's got a different name for everything. So you might be calling a zone enclosure what we call a consolidation point or vice versa. The difference between a console, I've said this, I think just last week, last week's show, or maybe the week show before that. The difference between a consolidation point and a MUTOA is how many times you make the changes. MUTOAs are designed for less frequent changes. Consolidation points, sorry, we've got that backwards. MUTOAs are designed for more frequent changes. Consolidation points are for less frequent changes. Okay, so that's really the biggest difference between those, right? So let's go back and see. I don't have any other questions here. Uh, switch comes to play. Click here to showcase on the stream. Okay, I got you. Let's see what questions we had here in the TikTok feed. So Ed, the old tech guy, wants to know, do I think that traditional wax lacing like Kansas City Stitch is dead? I still like it for power. So for those who may not know what that means, in the central office world, where they were doing lots of 25-pair, 50-pair, 100-pair cables, they didn't use tie wraps. They used wax string. And there's a couple different ways, it's a couple different knots. There was the Kansas City notch and a bunch of others. And it's just the way that you tie the, the knot on the wax string, and it makes it look the cable look all nice and pretty. It's fine for power. It's fine for category-rated, you know, multi-pair backbone cable. I don't think I would use it for high-performance data cable because with high-performance data cable, remember, it's critical to keep your cable from getting crushed, getting crushed. And with the, with any of the wax strings, it, there's a potential for you to kind of over-cinch on it and, and cause it to have problems. That's always an issue, always a potential issue. Oh, I forgot. To, remember, we've got a few minutes here, so if you want to jump on the show... There's the link for it right now. The link is bit.ly forward slash. That's not the right link. That's not the right link. Uh, 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 uh. It's actually, it's it's not that one. It's bit.ly, bit.ly, LTC 8, whatever today's date is, 825. That's what it is. So this, we got another question here. This is, again, from Ed, the old tech guy. Extending a PoE camera distances over a thousand feet. What cable is coax Ethernet the best option? Well, you could always do fiber with some type of a copper conductor for the PoE side, um, but that's going to be kind of expensive. Coax will get you your 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 distance. I'm not sure about the PoE portion of that though, unless you get some type of a hybrid cable. I'm going to have to research that question. I'm going to have to research that question. Because when you start getting out to 1,000 feet, that's a pretty good distance. That's a pretty good distance, right? Let's see. What other questions do we have here? So why has born-again Christianity morphed into a neo-fascist dystopian death cult? Yeah, whatever. 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 Uh, so somebody asked me, would I recommend my PT550W printer? Sure, I would. I love that thing. You kidding me? He's talking about my my brother P Touch printer right there. I love that thing. I love that thing. I use it for patch panels and cabling. 
I also use we have a homestead. We have we do canning. I use it to label my my mason jars. I use it to label our stuff out in the garden. And I tell you what, in Florida, in Florida, UV will kill a lot of stuff. I've got labels of my pea touch on some of our plants out there that just Florida sun cannot touch. So I absolutely would recommend that. So there you go. Uh, I got one, but when I roll over a Cat6 cable, the clear film gets out. Check with brother. You might be using the wrong type of tape. That might be with the issue there, right? So, so the probably is. Check with brother. Um, Todd, Todd Morse of uh, Brother Solutions. He has a podcast as well. Um, he does his shows, I think, on Thursday at noon. Get on the show and ask him. He does one every once in a while called Ask Todd. Just get on the show and ask him. You'll be good to go, right? So let me see. What other questions do we have? Let me see. Don't see any more there. Sober Billy. Oh, I love that name. That's cool. Sober Billy. Checking the chat box here. Well, I don't have any more questions. I don't have any more questions. So here we go. There it is. There we go. So I'll wait just a few minutes. So if you want to get on the show tonight, the live stream right now with me, I'll give you exactly two minutes to do this. Go to bit.ly forward slash LTC 825. bit.ly forward slash LTC, lowercase LTC 825. Or you can even send me one here on TikTok. TikTok, I'll give you a minute or two. We hit, we hit our 30-minute mark. I usually try to limit these to 30 minutes. And let me see, do I have any other questions? I don't see any in TikTok. Just a great guy. How you doing, my friend? Glad to see you. All righty. So if I don't have any other questions, geez, that's that's going to be the end of the show. Because 30 minutes is what we shoot for anyway. I got to go to the store, for, get pick up some. My wife, my wife caught COVID. Dang it. You know, we live in the country. We thought we'd escape COVID, but nope. So there you go. All right, everybody. So everybody on uh, YouTube and and LinkedIn and Facebook, no other questions. I don't, nobody joined. So I'm going to go ahead and end that stream. And I'm going to be on TikTok for a few minutes. So until next time, everybody, remember, knowledge is power. That's it for this episode of today's podcast. We hope you were able to learn something. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future content. Also, leave a rating so we can help even more people learn about telecommunications. Until next time, be safe.